0: Yes, folks. It's Thursday. I'm Fred McMurray. It's 2 p.m. Pacific, which means I'm hoping this is... All right, so it's a long, long, long intro, but I just really, really wanted to make sure that everything was quite right. Because after all, today is a very, very special day, is it not?
1: <laughs> it is. Ray has made another trip around the sun
2: he <laughs> has, yeah.
3: Happy birthday, Ray. Thank you. <laughs> Woo,
0: Are we gonna sing Happy Birthday to him?
3: Hey, I'm not much of a
1: singer, really. I think hey,
0: you, Sure, me. you want to? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. I'll just do my best of the Cumpleaños Feliz. That's as good as <laughs> it's
0: gonna get out of my lips today. Mm. How old are you, Ray?
1: Ray. Um, how old are you, Ray?
0: Well, I was born
2: in the year that the transistor was uh, invented.
1: Okay, now everyone has to go and Google
2: that. <laughs> so if you want to go back, that's 1947. That makes me <laughs> 75.
0: Wow, you're old And I just had a birthday So you're really old, older than me yes, And it makes me feel like yes, a young guy really
3: old,
0: But you know what Someday
2: With a little luck, you'll get there
3: <laughs> I, was,
1: I was thinking with as much hair The color of your hair And the style of the hair You weren't much of a day over 60
2: Oh, well, I don't know if that's a compliment or not Because <laughs> that's pretty old too
1: <laughs> I gave you 15 years
0: uh well, you, again. thank you. Thank we'd you. We love
1: you. We hope you have a great birthday today. And and now let's get down to brass pack, shall we?
0: All right. Let's talk. Let's, let's talk, Chris.
1: All right. You got Friday, me everybody. And <laughs> welcome to another episode of Pillars of Franchising. Uh today we want to talk a little bit, Fred I want to talk about kind of what the five pillars of pillars is, what it entails, right? Because a lot of people are like, well, so there's a the franchising. What is that? And kind of our thing is like, oh, well, we're a full-service consulting firm, everything from helping you find a franchise to giving you training along the way and pass on the opportunity, blah, 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 blah. So I just want to quickly run through our definition, really why we're here, what we do, why we do what we do, um, because truly it's not because we like to hear each other talk. That's definitely not the situation, So it may seem. Um, and so Pillars is here, really, all of us have been either in the franchising space as franchisees, franchisors, franchise vendors, franchise partners. So we've really tried to work hard. Fred, hats off to you for putting together a team that represents really all aspects of franchising. The Vikings. <laughs> very nice, very nice. So, I guess well, we will start with it. <laughs> we find we, we find ourselves starting always with finding the right opportunity, because if we can't get you matched with the right franchise at the right time for the right money, giving you the right lifestyle, it's really kind of all for naught. Um, and we also believe in getting you the training and mentoring and support that you need as you go down the journey of franchising. So not just until you sign on the dotted line with your franchisor, but how can we support you, particularly Uh, If you find that your franchisor has really kind of run out of resources or maybe they're an emerging brand and uh, they're relying a lot on the franchisees to help them grow and find their way. Uh, Also, and probably one of the most important for everybody who's looking to get into business for themselves is is being a growing, uh, growing a profitable business because, you know, not many people go into franchising um, to uh, not make money nobody's going into franchising to be a charity. Uh, And as most of you know, or if you haven't looked into it yet, there is a substantial amount of money and certainly commitment uh, that one has to have to get a business open. Uh, And as we've talked about a million times over, Ray and I, and actually everybody on the show, it's always about improving your brand. So whether you buy a brand new Uh, franchise that isn't well-known or you buy a well-established franchise that is, you know, we'll use the, you know, quote-unquote McDonald's of the vertical that you're looking for, there always has to be a continuous improvement we're going to talk a little bit about that today on the show and how technology plays into that Um, and most importantly probably nearest and dearest to me and i think ray as well is making sure that when you open your business when you've got that franchise going um, along with everything else making sure that you're working to build a sense of community so really giving back in the communities that you serve making sure the people that are um, visiting your establishment and helping you grow and help support your family, you give back to those individuals as well. So again, working to build a community would be the fifth one. Fred? Yes. Do you have any thoughts? I, do you think there's anything we need to add? Do you think we've done a good job defining these? I mean. Well, so
0: I, I don't disagree with all those things. I mean, I've, I've heard everybody discuss that before, but the, the thing you kind of miss to me was what's the goal of all this? I mean, okay, so I picked the right opportunity. I I get mentored and trained and, and, and so on and so forth. I expand my business. I, I give back to the community and then I go okay. off and I freaking improve the brand. Mm-hmm. For what reason though, because I'm still going to grow old and die. Well, <laughs> that is
1: a beautiful question, even though it was, not so beautifully said. I mean, the idea, right, and everybody has a different dream, right? Some people want to transfer the opportunity to their children, right? Ah. So for a few of us on the show, that's our goal. Um, for one of our guests today, that's what's going on with, with her. And, you know, other people just want to, you know, build the brand, do the best they can, and then they want to sell off and retire. And that's okay, too. But I think what's important is when you're talking with somebody to help find that right, right opportunity, that we're all very um, open and honest with what, you know, the end game really is, as we always say, begin with the end in mind. Um, but we also know that that sometimes changes, right? Like, maybe you think, like, in my case, I was gung-ho, I thought for sure all three of my kids would be fighting over who wants to clean toilets for a living, and it turns out. None of them are particularly excited at this point in time. I can't get them to clean their room. So who knows what the future will hold in the next, you know, four to 10 years for me and my business. But um, I
0: think that's what you're looking for, right? Ah, transferring the opportunity to somebody else. The, the, the goal of pillars. Of course, the only reason it became the goal was we originally defined it as six pillars, but the graphics designer came up with five pillars in the logo. So we had to go from five, six to five with the six being the goal. So, yes.
3: Yeah. So we've fun? got a we changed our
1: mission, but he's done a graphic.
0: <laughs> but it, it, it actually makes a whole lot of sense because it's a transferring right. opportunity that, that achieving success in franchising, which is what the, the show's always been about. And yeah. that's, that's what the, the million dollar mentor program has become about. Uh, yep. Everything we do, it's uh, the goal has been to help people achieve success in franchising and leave me off camera as much as possible.
1: <laughs> well, it, actually, our goal on that was just to turn off your mic.
0: But <laughs> yeah, well, all right. So Wait, we got a, a we got an action packed show today. Uh, yeah. We got a we have a, a guest who, while we don't have video, he literally fought death, all right, maybe not death, but a really bad injury, and so, and then we've got a phenomenal panel on technology, so shall we get rocking with it?
1: Let's do it. So, Matt, I want to go to you first, Mr. Matt Goebel. Would you please do the pleasure of introducing yourself to uh, our listeners and viewers today?
4: Yeah, absolutely, and, and thank you for having me. Ray, you might be 75, but you're looking a heck of a lot better today than, than I'm feeling. Uh <laughs> I'm currently prone due to uh, a nice little spot with sciatica and a pinched nerve, so it's uh, nothing fun here, but appreciate uh, still allowing me to be on here. Uh, yeah, so Matt Goble, I've, uh, I've had a series of backgrounds uh, in franchising, been in the in the industry for over, uh, about almost 15 years now, uh, largely in the vendor space serving franchisors and franchisees, and in 2016 became a multi-unit franchisee. I uh, saw an opportunity that uh, I had been seeing over the last uh, decade at that time with uh, just some inefficiencies in the way franchisees operate and kind of wearing the vendor and, and franchisee hat, went out and started a company called Woven, uh, which which is a product and technology suite built for operators to scale and manage their workforces. But yeah, that's my really brief story.
1: Awesome! We are super excited to have you on the panel today. I'd like to also, um, well, Ray, would you like to introduce our other uh, guest panelists today?
2: Oh, certainly. Well, everybody knows Jerry. And uh, <laughs> what we who we have is Jerry's daughter, Sam. And Sam has been on the show before, so welcome to the show again, Sam. Thank you for being with us.
1: Thank you for having me. You know, if we didn't know that you were a part of the um, huge great clips organization I would think you might be out sailing <laughs> right
5: yes it does look like that a little bit in our salon that's for sure
1: <laughs> well that's the trademark right so it awesome. absolutely is it's so great to have you here and so here is uh what we want to talk about today we want to talk about how technology is really evolving franchising or how franchising is evolving with technology, kind of it's both one and the same. And uh, so joining us on the panel today, we have uh, obviously myself and Ray and Karen and Sam and Matt and Laura Liss, our our legal um, guru. So we're very excited to have everybody kind of chat about that today. Um, Ray, I want to start with you because when I met you, um, I was like, wow, you were this IT guy. And I thought, well, what's an IT guy doing cleaning toilets?
2: Exactly. Well, uh, I'm going to try and go back just a little bit uh, to uh, where I came from. And uh, one, of, one of the companies I worked for was uh, uh, Shop Electronics. Okay. And uh, they were the division I was in was uh repairing uh vhs tape recorders. okay so you all know what happened to vhs and then right after that another company i worked for was Telabs. labs okay and Telabs labs was big in the telephone industry wireline telephones okay so you know what happened to that (laughs) nobody uses a a wireline telephone anymore so my thought at this point was you know what, I'm going to go for the lowest tech I can find. (laughs) Okay? So I thought, yeah, well, cleaning toilets. You can't get more basic than that. Well, guess what? (laughs) It's pretty complicated. Uh, I I think when when I started the company uh, 19 years ago, it was basically they just came out with, with an access database to help you keep track of customers. And uh, it was a, a good thing because the way they did it before was on whiteboards uh, and pieces of paper. Can you imagine a customer wanting to cancel and you had it all on your schedule and everything, trying to erase it or, or line it out or whatever? I don't know what they did back then. Well, so, just
1: imagine if you walked by that whiteboard a little bit <laughs> and your sleeve rubbed up against it like your whole day's
6: trash, well, right?
2: So much for that customer as well. <laughs> <laughs> So it, it has changed tremendously in, in, in the years that, uh, well, both you and I have been in in, in Molly made, and uh, today it's extremely complicated. I mean, when the phone rings, our screen lights up with uh, our customers, all, all the information that we ever uh, had on this customer, including their past cleans, how much they're being charged, and, you know, what cleans uh, what we're cleaning and what we're not cleaning, whatever the customer has to say and it, 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 we're right there it's it's amazing uh so it, i don't even keep up with it anymore because it's become yeah. so complicated and i have you know somewhat of a it background so yeah. uh, that's where i came from <laughs> concerning it and sure. uh, right now i i keep the only thing i do as far as it is i keep my computers running we have about 7 computers in the office that i keep up
1: Okay, excellent. Uh, Now, Sam, I heard your dad kind of tipped his hat on Tuesday that Great Clips has some really cool stuff up and coming with technology. And I thought, well, what are we going to have robots cutting hair? But it's not quite that. What is, what are you guys seeing in your industry that's so, so cool with technology? Yeah,
5: you know, one of the things that I think is great when we talk about this is our business is based on convenience. So we don't book appointments. Great Clips doesn't have an appointment-based system, but we've been working really hard on what we call our online check-in. And one thing that's really cool about that is we were already working on it prior to the pandemic. And then when the pandemic hit, we kind of had some of our projects get expedited a little bit. But we are creating some really great opportunities to provide more transparency to our customers so that they can really see where they're at on the wait list, how many people are ahead of them. you know, we're working in some marketing stuff, we're working in just this whole idea of we want to be convenient and continue to be more convenient for our customers. So um, it's a really exciting thing. And I think we cover quite a few different things when it comes to technology. So I'm excited that this is a hot topic right now. Very cool. I think it's,
1: um, for me, I'm the convenience queen, like, I'm on my way and it's like, oh my gosh, I forgot I have to go do this, right? So for me, and and when I can finally wrangle, especially my youngest, um, in to get a haircut, I need to know, like, how long am I waiting? Because I can't wait with them for long, right? So um, I know for me, that online check-in and be able to see where you're at is really, really important. Um, Karen, so you're you're here with us today too, with Dell Carnegie. What kind of technology stuff are you seeing, and and you're working with so many other companies? Tell me a little bit about your experience with that. Absolutely. I think what
6: currently, over the past couple of years, if you think about the pandemic, you know, a lot of what Dell Carnegie does, we do training, we train people, we train businesses. A lot of that was in person, and a lot of people would say, oh, you know, you can't you can't do soft skills or leader training virtually. And a lot of companies wouldn't, you know, it's almost like they didn't see the need. They didn't see the need or understand it. So we would do a lot of things in person. Well, then think back two years. And then that was pretty flipped on its ear, wasn't it? Because people couldn't go in person. So we adjusted. I mean, we really pivoted and had a whole team of people where we've done a little bit of virtual training. Whereas now even, you know, we probably do 80% virtual training. And so a lot of that is, and you have to adjust the people we had to adjust for right. trainers because it's about a quality experience. Our our customers, they had to change their attitudes. So sure. it's really interesting and, you know, normally technology changes. They happen over a longer period of time. And yeah. it seems like ours was done almost like overnight. And you know, they talk about how everyone talks about the you know, all oh, the awareness and the desire. Well everybody pretty much had that awareness and desire pretty quickly a couple of years ago based on those changes.
1: And you know, and that's you alluded to exactly what I wanted to ask mm-hmm. next is if, if you felt, in um, Sam and Ray, this, this year too, and, and we're going to bring Laura on here as well, but do you feel that COVID really kind of accelerated, aside from just going to online? I mean, there were a lot of things that needed to pivot, right? And it's caused other things like staffing issues. So do you feel like COVID has really kind of kicked technology in the butt or these franchisors in the butt to get technology up and going in their company? Absolutely.
2: Yeah, I think the technology was refined. It was always there in the background, you know, as as far as the way we're communicating right now. But uh, recently it's been really defined. I mean, it was kind of clunky before, but now it's, it's very smooth. I just click on one thing and here we are.
5: <laughs> well, and I think the thing that's so important with that is, uh, like Karen was just referencing, we're doing more kinds of training remotely now as well, right? Even in our industry, Great Clips has a Great Clips University that they're using where they're doing haircutting training virtually, where they're training salon managers to do better in-person training within the salon because the corporate trainers, you know, we're able to access them so much better now that we're doing things virtually. Um, And I think you're right, Ray. I think it was always there. And people were just so nervous about we've always done it this way right i mean even internally we used to do our manager meetings in person and even some of my managers still are like i don't like to do it virtually well uh, this is the world that we're living in you know we don't get to share a meal together but we can have so much better access to each other by doing these things and we kind of needed to get over ourselves and just move on and like get with it
6: right you you know and as you know i've been on the franchisor and franchisee side and if you think about on the franchisor side you know, they would have to wait for people to come to even a franchise academy, right? right? And so you'd have to wait for in person, you'd have to get everybody there and do some things over the phone, but not as quite as I think effective and efficient. Now that just again, that just changed everything where and that's good for franchisees because they can get onboarded faster. They can yeah. make money faster, which is a great thing. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Laura, what are you what are you thinking, I mean, you're working on a lot of these contracts with the franchisors and franchisees. Um, Do you see more uh, technology requirements in terms of what the franchisees are expecting, what the franchisors are
7: providing? Yeah, I would would say that's absolutely true. Um, There's probably not a franchise that I see where I review it for a customer, you know, for a franchisee client. Um, or if I'm writing them, where we don't um, have significant technology, right? Mm-hmm. It could be third-party software. It doesn't always mean that it's something that the franchise or itself is developing, although we do have those. Um, you know, like most most of the wellness businesses, you know, a lot of those run on, like, MindBody, right? If you've ever done a lot of booking for those concepts, unless they've gone ahead and booked their own, or they created their own platforms, they're all doing booking um, on, you know, a third-party platform that exists. So whether it's booking or it's managing employees or, you know, customer experience, whatever it is, um, there's going to be technology in that now. And it's also something that franchisees need to think about when they're doing their financial projections, because you can know what the, you know, costs are right now, um, but the franchisor is always going to reserve the right to require that, you know, you add new software, like how Sam was describing. Right, new technology that's coming on board, um, and that's not that's not at you know zero dollars, right?
1: Well, and that's a good question I wanted to ask you as you as you as you brought that up. Does additional technology um, allow a franchisor to suddenly add in tech fees that maybe weren't there before, or do they have to have a disclaimer in the FDD that says, in the future, we reserve the right?
7: Specifically, so there will always, you know, in a modern franchise agreement, you know, something within the last probably 10 years or so, it will almost certainly say that they reserve the right to, um, you know, add whatever kind of tech fees um, or just to require that, you know, you follow the the, the or system. And if the system is reliant on, you know, doing marketing a certain way or doing customer outreach a certain way or doing scheduling a certain way, well, guess what? You can't comply with that. Right. <laughs> You are using the technology, um, so either way, you know they are they are gonna you know get you so to speak, and it's right. not always a bad thing. You know, saying you know oh they got you sounds like it's a bad thing, but um, you know we're hearing a lot of examples of ways that the technology can be really really useful in franchisees' businesses.
1: Yeah, so Matt, this you know I intentionally kind of go this way because now you've had an opportunity. Um, to hear from all of us from different perspectives and I have to imagine is this the kind of feedback that had you form Woven? I mean tell me a little bit about what you do with all sides of the business in,
7: at Woven.
4: Yeah absolutely so I I think there's a few comments placed throughout these conversations where you know franchising as an industry is so cool it's one of those things probably like you all where you one day and feel like you know you're Nope, I'm now in this industry for life, and you got bit <laughs> by the bug, as they say. And um, you know, through through my career, as you know, we were originally building software for a bunch of different industries, and eventually just niched really hard into franchising. Is even within the industry, you have such difference with franchisors and franchisees, right? I mean, Great Clips is a perfect example of a of a powerhouse franchisor that provides so much. They they built so much internally, and they've really honed. A lot of the things I'm familiar with, some of their systems, I'm friends with some great clips franchisees, and they, got, they have a great stack, right? And that franchisor has made very wise, long-term bets and decisions, right? But not every franchisor, and then sub, sub, subsequently, franchisees are that lucky.
3: Mm-hmm. Unfortunately,
4: there are many, many franchise systems, probably the majority, I would, I would have to say, mm-hmm. that uh, really just leave it to the basics, right? Is, wow. Here's our point of sale system here's uh here's some marketing parameters really uh-huh. uh loosely dictated and uh what we found is that uh running the day to day was you know largely left up to the franchisees and uh what we saw over and over again is as you you try to scale and i'm sure you've talked about this uh previously but you know there's always the the opening the first then it's scaling beyond one yes yeah. right and then it's a whole different game once you get over you know say 15 to 20 depending on on the system uh-huh. and you know, franchisors that aren't already providing uh, an amazing suite of systems, right? Leave it up to franchisees, which, to be quite honest, becomes the wild, wild west, right? Each franchisees going out and they're all, you know, driving type A personalities that want to go find solutions for things, improve things. I mean, um, so, so what you end up with as a franchise system, as a brand, right, is, you're you're trying to serve on this brand promise and execute consistently for your guests mm-hmm. and, and create that experience that, that customers want, and at the same time, uh, through through inaction or or just through not having good systems, you, you create this this divide between franchisor and franchisee on how that's done. Right. Franchisors are wonderful at producing a lot of content, and then because of again franchise agreements, they they hand that off to franchisees. And basically expect them to magically execute all, to all of that you know 100 page pdf document on how to to run their their business yeah. the problem is, is that it it immediately gets into this siloed bucketed world of each franchisee communicates differently to their team each franchisee is engaged at a different level within their business based on maturity and things going on in their yeah. life and, and and really quick what you find out is that the the brand the experience created is always by front employees Right? Yeah. That is who yeah. touches and interfaces with your. Customer. So true.
6: Spot on. <laughs> yeah.
4: And and if the franchisor doesn't have a way to deploy that information down into into that level easily for franchisees, and I I know that, Laura, your your joint employer alarm bells are probably starting to ring a little bit. But if you don't have a uh, a system, a technology, a platform where you can make it as easy as possible on the franchisee while still staying compliant with all that. Uh, you, you really end up in this uh, wild, wild west side on the franchisee side, and then franchisees and franchisors fighting each other because they're not doing what you're saying they're doing. And uh, it's it, you know that that's what I saw. Brand after brand on the consulting side became a multi-unit franchisee, experienced it firsthand, and that was kind of the catalyst. Mm-hmm. Catalyst to say, you know what? There's got to be a better way to do this. There's got to be a better way to get uh, franchisees. Uh, what they need to run their day-to-day, which, by mm-hmm. the way, is a very different business than what franchisors run. Sure. I think we all yeah. understand that, yeah. right? they got to yeah. deal with the hourly employees. and So how can we help them, give them a right. tool that they love? Meanwhile, franchisors have macro problems, right? Yep. They're trying to deal with very different things. So bringing and bridging those two things together has kind of become a, a passion of mine over the last yeah. five years. And, yeah. Well,
1: and I I think that's really interesting because not only do you have um, – you know, a franchisor and franchisee trying to be on the same system, but you also have issues within those systems, whether it's, as we talked about, hiring, staffing, customer experience. Um, and so those are kind of microcosms inside a franchise, right? At sure. Marketing, I mean, and, and that just seems like a big spider web that you have to sort through.
4: And how as a franchisor are you supposed to help guide your franchisees through tough times like COVID when you don't actually know? Mm-hmm. Right, you're listening to some vocal franchisees about what they're experiencing, likely limited to their local market, and you're trying to guide and, and provide feedback to a system when you don't have the data. Right, you're flying blind because you don't actually know what true turnover is. You don't actually know how how leading uh, you know leading activities such as how they're communicating and sharing out information and, and maintaining compliance and consistency, How how is all that happening at different levels that then impacts the success of that franchisee? And um, so, yeah, I see that a lot where franchisors, you know, for very many legal reasons, take a very hands-off approach right. to the employee side. It's kind of, hey, business in a box, here's your point of sale, some marketing stuff. Yeah,
3: right. yeah, Good
4: luck, we're gonna train you on how to execute it. And then I've seen so many franchisees, God love them, they they get in on, and all of a sudden they get they get hit in the face with employees, um, and all the fun that they bring, and, yeah. and really uh, that's when they just start reaching, right? They just start grabbing things. Before you know, you have seven different logins the different systems to try to get these hourly oh, employees productive. Was, and, oh,
6: it, you're so right. <laughs> yeah. You know, and
4: then and then and then you're just fighting against yourself, right? Try like yeah. scaling something where you're teaching a a part time high school or young college kid, or, you know, just how to, how to remember seven long guns. I, I can barely remember yeah. three. Yeah. I'm in front of my computer all day.
1: Right. Right. Karen, what kind of stuff are you experiencing? I mean, cause your, your perspective is kind of interesting because you go in and you work with all different franchise systems, right. With some of the trainings and things that you guys do. So you have like as a franchisor with Dale Carnegie, one set of issues. And then as you go in and you're consulting with other companies,
6: it's like, wow. Yeah. It's interesting because on the franchisor side, because I did not have a franchise a franchise when I was on the franchisor side. Now I'm on the franchisee side. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Now I, you know, I thought I got it. Now I really get it. Yeah. And, and I think that's where sometimes the, the, the technology that has been implemented really well. Uh it's it's really attention to I think it's the connection between the franchisor and franchisee that's when it goes well and I've seen things go well with technology and a lot of times it's not because the franchisees don't want to implement it it's because they don't know the why they don't understand some of the pieces so the franchise or that really take the time they take the time to understand they take the time to involve the franchisees they know the why they understand it And, and it's not just that then it's all the way through managing that change that's Mm -hmm. what's successful versus that when you were saying and then also because you could really implement something that does not work well at the franchise level because there
5: isn't the day-to-day that the franchiser understands yeah
1: sam do you have something on that
5: well i just was going to say i think that's exactly key karen is that you have to make sure that it it transfers from a paper idea (laughs) <laughs> right? yeah. to reality. And I think sometimes that does get missed. I have um, had the opportunity to be on a lot of task forces and committees behind the scenes where, you know, I think great books does a great job of really testing all of these things that we're trying to do because sometimes we, we create a fix for something that just something else. And right. you really do have to have Matt was referencing that kind of communication piece between the front line and the people with the ideas you have to have that communication piece to say, like, does this actually resolve the problem? Are we right. are we working on the right angles? Are we really focusing on the right tools that are gonna make this successful? I think it's I think it's absolutely key that both sides, Karen. I love that you mentioned that, like, oh man, from the franchisee side from the franchisor side, both sides have to understand that they have a responsibility to fulfill their role right. in this relationship. Right.
6: Well, yeah, because like too many times people, the franchisors, they're so excited. Look at our new stuff. Look at our new technology. We're we're excited right. about this, and then they're right. then they're, um, sad or you know or disappointed when the franchisee is asking all these questions. But what about this? And what about that? And what about that? And it's just it's it's, it's it's there is a disconnect, and if you don't take care of that, the disconnect gets larger and larger.
1: Well, Matt, I want to ask you, um, and I'm gonna kind of use um, Ray and Sam examples I mean so people out there who are thinking about getting into franchising right uh, and some maybe younger generations who are really tech savvy like Sam is probably far more tech savvy than me and I don't even know but if you take someone in um, the boomer population aka Ray right and then you take someone like Sam who's probably a millennial do you find it challenging to come up with technology that can be not so smart that it's hard to use, but not so simple that the younger generation is like, well, this is kind of dumb.
4: Yeah, that's a great question. And I don't know, I don't want to get too technical, but, you know, that a lot of that goes into usability, right? Like mm-hmm. it, it's software, um, software built for an industry, built for a user base in a specific environment, right? can overcome a lot of those problems. If you you've all used software that while well, while technically functional is a nightmare to use. Uh, I know I know in franchising, and and I only call this out because it's really popular, SharePoint, right? Franchisers will stand up SharePoint. And God loves SharePoint. It is a beautiful piece of technology. It is a disaster to use. Yes. It is. Right? So this is a perfect example of very highly functional, practical, useful software that never gets used because the user experience is so bad, uh, unless you just invest a ton of a ton of money into it. Um, and so, you know, going going into that topic, right, is it's kind of on the onus of that supplier, the vendor, the the software provider, is that they have to understand who their audience is. You know, for example, franchisors and 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 down into the franchisee level, right, are are typically classified as what you'd consider office workers, right? right. Spending yeah. most of your day in front of a computer, mouse, keyboard. Um, And and you don't have the and I apologize uh, you don't you don't have the the issue of keeping seventeen tabs open in your browser and switching between things and you become very familiar with this way to work well that's not reality for an hourly frontline worker that isn't they're they're not having that luxury right so if you build a system that requires you to sit in front of spreadsheets all day and, and has a very clunky interface and you try to teach that to somebody that's hardly ever in front of the computer, right? My nieces and nephews, yeah. they never use a computer. They don't touch it, right? They're tablets and phones. And, and, and so that's where it's on the software to provide the appropriate experience for its user. Right. 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 And, and it has to work for, for that audience or otherwise, you know, it's, uh, it's the very, very traditional garbage in, garbage out, right?
0: Yep. Yep.
1: Well, and people like me, if have to follow direct, if it doesn't just have a simple picture with what to do, forget it, I'm out. I've just lost patience. Um, Fred, you uh, are back there, and I saw that you had a comment coming through on the chat. Would you like to have something to say here?
0: Yeah, SharePoint?
1: Oh, hell no.
3: <laughs> Run away! Run away!
0: Yeah. No! Does that okay. make my feelings Sorry. understood about SharePoint? From a long, long time back. Continue on, thank you.
1: <laughs> I, you know, I, I will mimic Matt and say it's a great product, and add the caveat for someone, just not for me. <laughs> so Ray, what? Oh, go ahead, Matt. I see you popping up.
4: Oh no, I was, I was only going to comment that you know that, that yeah, SharePoint Ch- by itself is an okay tool. So much as uh. Y- this this gets into uh, a separate problem within franchising is all too often uh operators god love them are hard charging people franchisors as a result are hard charging people we want to get show results get stuff done and uh a lot of times sharepoint is a perfect example of this but this happens in all other types of systems is it's like we have this problem yes great i did a demo this looks wonderful we paid for it we turned it on let's move on to the next thing wonderful and and yeah, so true. if you so do true. that with SharePoint, you're screwed. Like SharePoint <laughs> yes. just became a, a weight to carry around your neck. Um, and, and a lot of other systems are like that, but it really goes into having a plan of vendor, you know, vendor support training. Uh, you, you have to stay consistent in using it. I mean, there's, but yes, yeah, Sh- SharePoint bears the brunt of that that wrap because all times I've seen, except I have one large franchisee client that, that uses SharePoint and they've, they spent a ton of money customizing it to make wow. it usable, and it and it's it doesn't even look like SharePoint, but that's why so it's usable.
1: <laughs> so I think the message that you're giving to all franchisors is don't have technology simply be a checklist item, right?
4: Absolutely not. I mean, it is it is your business this day. I don't care what business you're in, right? Um, you you may be, as you were saying earlier, cleaning toilets or doing training or cutting hair or whatever, but you know imagine doing that without technology in your business, like you can't these days
0: yeah um
4: so it it while while you're not a technology company, you have to give it the appropriate focus and and, and effort to mm-hmm. make it successful otherwise it it does it becomes a detractor it becomes a an impediment to your business instead of a multiplier.
1: Sure. Now, Laura, from a legal perspective, we all know that, um, that technology can also lead to some complications, right? Um, so what kind of advice or thoughts do you have on this from, you know, this big push for technology? What kinds of things from a legal perspective should we, we be careful over watching out for?
3: That's
7: a good point. Um, You know, one of the things to think about, especially if you are, you know, people you know are operating in California or other states that take their citizens' privacy, uh, you know, very seriously, is that there are opt-out rules, right? You know, there's a lot more procedures that have to be followed to protect that customer information um, than there would be, you know, in some other states that don't do that as rigorously. Um, you know, there's going to also be just the fact that you have, you know, more things to think about, right? It's more moving parts. It's more training. Um, you know, those are, those are not things to take lightly because you have to get everybody up to speed whenever somebody new comes on. And in today's world of lots of turnover, um, it's just adding to the training um, that has to occur. Um, so. Those are a couple things, but, you know, I would, I would say that, you know, you just have to be aware, too, that, um, you know, no technology is infallible, right? It's so basic. Um, we all know it, but at the same time, we all seem to be very, you know, shocked and surprised whenever it happens to us or something close to us. Uh, so, you know, don't be surprised, I guess, if, if there's, you know, some kind of, um, you know, hack or, you know, breach or event, whatever we want to call it. Um, sure. You know, it is just kind of the nature of things at this point, point. and, you know, the, the franchise documents are, are typically written, you know, pretty securely that it's not going to be the franchisor's fault unless it was them who was actually, you know, directly the, the target. Um, so, you know, you, it may be something that the franchisee has to just know going in that, you know, they need to be carrying cyber liability insurance and they need to be, you know, protecting themselves. Um, not just expecting that the franchisor is going to do it all for them. Right, right.
1: And it's actually not on the franchisor to do that, right? It is on the franchisee. Yeah.
3: Okay.
2: So one of the things I'd like to bring up is one of the reasons that boomers are kind of shied away from technology is simply because you have to know a little programming in order to get anywhere. Anybody remember DOS?
3: Yeah. terrible Terrible.
2: <laughs> so you have to know a little bit of that type of programming in order to get anywhere on a computer so therefore, a lot of people my age basically they said hey this this is beyond me forget it you know
3: <laughs> so
1: are you saying that you were scarred for life or some of them were scarred for life with the dos <laughs> yeah that's
2: right that's right
1: yeah that was all awesome. i mean
2: technology has become so much easier you know it's so intuitive now it, you know and people don't realize what's really behind, it. and when they click on something, they don't have a clue what's behind that, And I'll, where that signal goes from, you know, to, to outer space and back and around the world several times. Uh-huh. So,
1: Sam, what kind of advice would you give to people who are looking to buy a franchise of any type right now as it pertains to technology?
5: Kristen, I'm so glad you asked. I've actually been jotting down a few notes because there've been so many great things that have come up here. You know, I think, I think to, uh, in the at the beginning of this year, we bought another business, and so we have our Great Coats franchise, and then we have a single location daycare. And I have definitely taken for granted the fact that within the franchise, we have so much stuff provided to us and at our fingertips that you don't even think about when you're going off doing something on your own, right? Like for us, at least within Great Clips, we've worked hard to build this sort of technology suite that everybody works within the same system because it makes things easier. Matt referenced a few of those kinds of things. We can provide better training and support by doing that. Um, But we go to to this daycare and all of a sudden I'm like, what am I gonna use for a router? My gosh, I don't know. Or, you know, you referenced, I'm not going to name names, but you referenced some software opportunities that people have gotten into where all of a sudden they don't know how to run this stuff and and they they don't know what to do. So in our in our daycare that we purchased, they already had some software they were using, and we got a hold of that software company and we said, hey, can we get some training on this software because it's one that the front line has to use and the back office has to use. And uh, once you once you get into it, and they said we don't provide ongoing training. So we're a new user because we purchased the business that has the account that's using it, but they were very hesitant to provide any training to us as the new owners for how to use this software. So you know then where do we go from there? Um, I think when you're looking at getting into franchising right now when it comes to technology, although Kristen, you and Laura were just discussing the fact that Some of the responsibility falls on the franchisees and some falls on the franchisors and it's split and it's legal and it's all the fancy stuff that we've got people like Laura for. I think it's really important to understand what you miss when you're trying to do it all on your own. I mean, we have, we have software at our fingertips. We have some training opportunities for our frontline people where, you know, it's provided to everybody. Um, It's not a requirement necessarily, but, You just, you take so many of those things for granted. And I think people that are currently in businesses on their own, considering getting into franchising, just know you have a responsibility to play an important role in providing feedback on these things for the training and the user-friendly piece. But you really get so many benefits out of being a part of a franchise and having some of this just at your fingertips. At your fingertips. You don't have to think about it.
1: Yeah, totally. Ray? Ray? Did, did, have you rate like, I know so for our like our marketing, our hiring process. I mean, if you think back to the day, I'll, I'll use, I'll use a, a marketing thing since uh, Fred's obviously listening, but I, I remember we used to have this fleet of marketing information or material out there and you could kind of pick and choose whatever ones you wanted to use and be made into flyers or postcards or whatnot. And I was like, well, geez, I don't really know which one to pick. So I always, cho- I always chose one that said think pink, right? Because for me, why not? Like think pink is Molly, Molly made, Molly made is pink. Like That was my thought process. Well, then down the road, and that continued on for about five years, because there wasn't really a good suite of marketing information with clear direction, clear resources, right? We were going out finding local printers, and a lot of time was wasted, to your point, Sam, trying to do it on your own. Now it's all readily available. Right, and and guess what? The damn shame of it is, after using Think Pink, which I absolutely love, that's not what market research showed that our clients were looking for. (laughs) So I'm like, shoot, all that money I spent on what I thought was this cute Think Pink campaign, Mm. I didn't have the data behind it. It wasn't what the customers were looking for, and so I think that's where, um, you know, making sure that people aren't afraid of technology, right? I think we have to embrace it and use it to tell the story of what our customers want, what the franchisees want, what the franchisors need is really, really important. You know, and I well, think isn't
5: that a- part of the beauty? Sorry, Karen, I'm so go sorry. Ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Karen. I just was, Isn't that part of the beauty to say that, you know, when you're in a franchise system, you have access to some of that research that you wouldn't have had access to on your own. You know, I think, something that I think catches people up in franchising sometimes is I do think there are some folks and maybe even some organizations that it's kind of like an us versus them thing, franchisees versus franchisors. And I think that you have to create a relationship that's built on trust because, you know, I know that I have a responsibility to challenge the things that we're doing, but I have access to so many things that I wouldn't if I don't take that responsibility seriously, then I'm not sure why would the franchisor take their responsibility seriously on either side, you know? Sure, sure. Yeah. I agree with everything you said, and then
6: I'll do an and. And that's why when you're looking, if you're just looking to get into franchising, because franchisees and franchisors, it's different. Mm-hmm. So, so that's some of the criteria to really have as far as how do they handle technology, right? Yeah. What are some different costs of the technology? Um, what, what are, you you know, even just the ongoing training of the technology, Sure. what type of environment is it? Is it a franchise or a franchisee, all those pieces and making sure that you really ask those because not all are alike. And what you're talking about, Sam is that's like the, the ultimate and, and then there's
1: some out there that aren't the ultimate. So that's why it's, I think it's not a, a one size fits all. Mm -hmm. You know, what I think is interesting about that too, is now that I have been doing consulting and helping people to find the right franchise there is so much technology that I use with a client to determine what it is that they're good at, what it is they're looking for. And then again, with technology, the franchisors have also done that same profile with their top franchisees. So I can take my potential franchisee, the profile from the franchisor and find out where's that perfect match. Right. So, you know, in theory, all of a sudden this has really helped us make sure that we find the right opportunity for the right people. So it's really crazy. I mean, I would have, thank God the phone book is dead, right? Because that thing is, (laughs) I I mean, really, if you think about the evolution of where we were and eight track tapes and, you know, I'm, even though I don't consider myself savvy, um, I'm really so many different reasons and and, uh, certainly helping people make the right choices for their, for their future lives that they're looking for is, is certainly
5: important. So we needed those things though, Kristen, right? We have to have the ABCs to make sentences and paragraphs. But yeah. We
1: needed the phone book and <laughs> yeah. we needed those things yeah. to get us where yeah. we are today. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So Ray, what bit of advice might you give somebody who um, is looking to buy a franchise as it relates to technology?
2: That, well, definitely don't be intimidated by any technology because every franchise you buy now is going to have a lot of technology already built in. Now, let's take a look at something simple as uh, marketing for employees. It used That's to be, if I needed an employee, I would simply go to a local grocery store and put up something on the bulletin board, okay? you know, Now, uh, every employee that we get has gone online and and researched my company. Yeah. So they they know what they're getting into. And of course, I do the same thing when I'm researching vendors. I certainly I certainly uh, I'm not looking in the phone book for vendors. It, it, I, don't, I don't even own a phone book any longer. Yeah. But the last one I owned helped prop open the door. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So we haven't used phone books in a long time. But it, 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 when we did, we spent many thousands of dollars on full page ads but uh, now now the technology is is such that if you're looking for a cleaning service immediately uh you know we we pay many thousands of dollars to make sure that we're on the first page yeah and when someone clicks on that they get all the information they need right there and they can book an an estimate right online
3: yep Excellent,
1: Karen. What about you? What What piece of advice would you give to somebody looking for a franchise as a routine? Make
6: sure um, how how they
1: I think how they handle it, how uh-huh. they implement the
6: technology. Uh, do they help your people use it? Is it usable for all levels? So, right. so that, I think that's I think that's that's a real key that I found uh, uh-huh. because it can you can end up thinking you've got all this. And I would also ask other franchisees that not just take the franchisor's word for it. Yeah. But interview other franchisees and ask them, okay, how was this used? How was this implemented? What would you change? And really yep. kind of taking it a couple of levels into um, doing your research.
1: You know, I think that's a really good point. I'm going to put that on my list. We have people make validation calls. So when they're ready to buy a franchise, the first thing they do is they make validation calls to existing owners or owners that have recently sold or gone out of business. And that's a great question to add that isn't really one that's on any list. For them today, so very good point, Laura. How about you?
7: You know, I would I would echo that. I mean, I I recently this week have been reviewing um, well, a concept for like an indoor like very large uh kids and family like play center. It's a lot of like trampolines. I mean, like twenty five thousand square feet. You know, might cost three million dollars to build. You know, it's not a small investment. Right. And um, you know, I was I was looking at all the technology as well as obviously the construction and, and, and safety and whatnot. Um, okay. But the technology, I mean, it's in everything. I mean, it's, they, they require that the kids or whoever is on the, the trampoline, that they wear these special socks that have like RFID chips in them. So that way they can tell, you know, where they are basically at all times. Okay. You know, I mean, everything is you know, it is teched out. Like, you wouldn't, you think you're just going in there to play and jump and, you know, whatever, uh, you know, get the whistles out, but (laughs) uh, it's a lot more than that. It's a lot more than that on their end. Um, You know, but it's also part of risk management, you know, in a business like that. You want technology, right? You want to know, you know, that, um, you know, there's surveillance footage of everything. You want to know that, you know, everything is is being taken care of. Um, And It's a really good approach. Um, you know, I do encourage clients to always talk to other franchisees, um, you know, when they're looking at buying in and it's it can be really basic, but you can also learn things like, you know, that, oh yeah, we've we've changed, you know, whatever CRMs or something, you know, mm-hmm. four times in the last ten years and it's been a pain. Um yeah. that's that's not a great validation, right? That's the opposite of validation. <laughs> Uh, but it is helping you come to a better decision or educated decision as a prospect. Absolutely.
1: And Matt, obviously you are the subject matter expert in this area. What Uh, advice would you give?
4: uh, Well, I would first echo everything that's already been said. Um, I always, I always view technology and evaluate an opportunity for myself, my wife, and we're getting into it is, is, you know, there's, there's, it's like a checklist of just evaluation. I mean, I know that sounds really basic, Mm -hmm. but oftentimes it's like, yeah, we're going to give you a point of sale system and some marketing tools. And it's just like, check, check, great, move on. I think, I think to the point that Laura was just making, right, is, I would sum that up as differentiation and, and business defense, right? How, how defendable is this concept from other entrants into my market? Uh, how is it, how is technology being used to differentiate me from my competitors? Um, you know, very early on in this call, um, very very early on in this call, we talked about, um, you know, the the guest experience and consistency and and how do you t- deliver on that and right you convenience that that was what I was looking for we were talking about convenience like yeah. franchise has to have technology today to deliver on convenience that consumers don't just want they they demand it they expect it and. So that's kind of like entrance into the the door. Right. And then I wouldn't stop there too often. Franchisees will stop there. Right. But especially if you're a franchisee looking for three packs, five packs, buying out of territory, right? Like you need to work with that franchise to make sure that they have tools. And this is more back office. This is the unsexy part. Everybody loves talking about marketing technology and point of sale and like all this whiz bang stuff, like that gets all the attention in the world. Right. And, and so, you know, what is often overlooked is all the tools that are going to help you scale your business in the long run. Right? So when you break it down and say, do they help me communicate with my team, pushing in announcements, doing secure chat in a way that keeps my business defensible? Or are they gonna help me with scheduling and labor planning and controlling the labor planning? Or, even you know, what about onboarding? Do they have systems and recommendations yeah. for that, or record keeping and licenses and background checks and auditing my locations and operating procedures and how do I disseminate information and managing tasks and incident tracking and supply order forms and yeah. all the consumables and the little bleeding paper cuts in my business? So how, how are you helping me with that? And what about facility management and asset management and the maintenance on it and who do I call and and when things yeah. break down and what's the you know all of this stuff is literally just dropped in the lap passively to the franchisee and they're saying good luck without yeah. saying anything about it it's just expected that the franchisee picks that up and going back to my previous comments franchisees god love them they'll just start ploughing ahead right because
1: that's what we do yeah. that's what you yeah. have to do
4: you just yeah. invested all this money into a business like that's it's the absolute Right thing you have to do to take care of your business, and so many times I, I it, and again, the, the the passion reason I started Woven was to help the mom and pops not not suffer and die on the vine, yeah, by just being overwhelmed by the day to day, and um, you know, it, having tools, processes, operations that streamline things that honestly get you out of what we call the administrative it's all that administrative trivial crap that weighs you down and lets you focus on growing your business you need to be developing your team you need to be investing in your team you need to be out there getting more customers and growing your business working on your business not in your business and you know you just you need technology to do that if your franchisor is offering you up a SharePoint library of 32 PDF forms, and that's how they, they say that's how we handle that. I'm not saying that's like a, a stop and walk away, but that should be a little bit of a red flag yeah. into what your future of your world looks like because that franchisor is not taking all of your needs day-to-day seriously. They're basically, they're barely tripping over the lowest bar they could have set for themselves.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sam, did you have any final parts? I know I kind of started with you on on this, and so you kind of got that started, but um, it's it's amazing. And, and Matt, honestly, um, I really appreciated kind of that brain dump because it scared me for a moment. And, and then I realized that, well, actually, it's so true what you say. We just take it and we go. And I have to be honest, even last week when I came back from vacation, I was like, oh, you know what I really want to know? There was one metric that nobody measures, but I wanted to look at it. And thank God for the technology. Once I got in there and I started playing around, I'm like, oh, somebody built a query that <laughs> allows me to find that minuscule piece of information that I had a very, you know, real reason for looking for. Who else is going to look for it, you know? So I, I think that's great. And I think that's what's fantastic about um, buying franchises is that you have that support. So. Um, Kristen, can I add one last thing? Of course. I would say anybody that's getting into
5: franchising that isn't interested in dealing with the technology needs to find somebody that is interested
7: in dealing with the technology.
5: (laughs) When I got into our business, you know, my parents were in it. And of course, you know me, I have to like shout out to the next gen. Um, My parents, it was like, what do we have left over for her to do? Well, we don't know anything about technology, so you get to do that. Okay. And you, it's critical to make yeah. sure that someone is going to do it. You have to find somebody. If you're not willing to do it, find someone else. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Excellent. Well, listen, I want to thank you all for joining us uh, on the show today. We're going to go ahead and take a quick commercial break and come back and close this out. But I, I really hope that, you know, for those of you who are thinking about uh going into franchising that you really heard the messages clearly today because there's not anything to be afraid of um it's actually very it's a very exciting time for franchising so um with that we'll be back after we pay the bill.
3: hey franchise owners how is your local marketing do you feel like you could use some help keeping up with your social media posts and comments and reviews do you wonder if you could be doing more to attract local customers? Are you able to identify new movements to your local area? At West Vine, we help franchisees like you reach more local customers through digital marketing. With daily monitoring, creative content, ad placement, and customer data intelligence, we'll get your business in front of the people who want your products or services. We also work with franchisors who need an agency to handle the digital marketing for all of their locations. If you're ready to reach more local customers, give us a call at 805-265-5440 or visit us at westvine.com. That's 805-265-5440 or with a Y.com. Excellent, and we would like oops, as usual.
7: Thank you for joining Pillars of Franchising. We appreciate every single one of you. Um, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Titus Center for Franchising at Palm Beach Atlantic University. You can find them on the college's website. Also, Franchise Show Two Four Seven, which can be found at 247.com And um, we couldn't do it without our sponsors, and we appreciate their support. Don't forget, we love to have calling guests. Our number to call in is three two three five eight zero. Five seven five five. That That is 323-580-5755. If you have questions for our guests or for any of our Million Dollar Mentors, we welcome you to call in, at any time on the show, we will do our very best to answer your calls. Stay tuned. More coming up.
1: Thank you, Elizabeth, and with that, we'd like to thank all of you for joining us on the show today with our guest, Sam Regis of Great Clips and Matt Gobel with Woven. Please be sure to like, share, and comment on this episode. And thank you to Ray Piller, Karen Kimsey-Sward, and Laurel List for their insight and wisdom. Thanks, as always, to Fred McMurray, our producer. I am Kristen Shalmessi, and together we are your resource
3: for franchising success.
1: And this has been another episode of Pillars of Franchising, and the dream starts here. See you next Thursday.
3: Fill it up, grab me, up, fill up, fill up, fill